Well, hey, Phoenix Bible Church, it is so good to be with you again. If you are new with us, my name is Tim. I'm the pastor here, and I would actually love to meet you. And by God's grace, we may have that opportunity to do so really soon. I mentioned last week we shared some updates about our hopes uh, for the near future and our plans to regather in this room. Now, I have to preface all of this, and every time I say anything about our plans with this, that everything is subject to change, right? Because everything in our world is subject to change. It's the same way with Phoenix Bible Church. But here's our plan if you missed it last week. Next week, really excited about this, we get to do a first true live stream in this building where we have some volunteers on a Sunday morning, uh, not welcoming back everybody yet, but just some volunteers and coming to you live on a Sunday morning. And so I'm excited about that on August 9th. And uh, you need to know our team has put a lot of work and, and your giving faithfully has helped as well. Just provide the equipment and, and all the different things that need to go into a live stream. We haven't been able to do that yet, but I'm excited that we are going to be able to do that. And I'm thankful for all the people involved in making that happen. And so that's August 9th. And then August 16th, we're going to do that live stream again for the foreseeable future on a Sunday morning, but we're going to invite people in the room. We're going to invite you back to worship with us just one service at 9.30 a.m. Now, there's lots of things you need to know. We're going to be sending out communication as we get closer to that. There'll be a page on our website that goes through all the health and safety protocols that we're going to go through and all of those things. But here's the main thing I want you to know as your pastor. Right off the bat, there will not be a JV and varsity with this. Right? We won't think the more spiritual people, they're coming to church, and, and the less spiritual people, they're heathens watching at home. We're not going to do that, right? We recognize that this will be an option for people. We realize that some people need this option. They're healthy. They feel comfortable coming to church in a mass and worshiping with other people, and, and they're struggling in some ways, emotionally or relationally, and, and, and all of us are, and it's important for all of us to come back, but some people really need this option, and we want to provide that. We also recognize that some of you want to continue to worship from home. And for whatever reason, for whatever other health factor or all sorts of reasons, and we recognize and we get that, that's why we invested into the live stream and want you to join us that way. And so I want you to join us for church. Hebrews 10, 24 through 25, do not forsake the gathering there's a reason why it says that we all need that, whether you receive it online through a live stream or whether you come back in person on August 16th, right? And so again, I know you have some questions about that. We'll be giving you more details about exactly what that will look like. You'll have to RSVP, wear a mask, no kids ministry, those sorts of things. But we want to lay that out for you really clearly so you know everything you can expect and come with confidence, all right. And so I'm excited that that's coming. I know some of you, again, you may be excited for that too. And some of you may be excited to serve. Uh, you may have had cabin fever for way too long. God's gifted you. Hey, you, you're ready to get out. And listen, we need your help on August 16th. We'd love your help. And so greeting, just waving, not shaking hands, you know, uh, text stuff, disinfecting before and after service. There's lots of things to do. So we'd love to have you come serve. If you'd like to do that, Head over to our website, fill out a connect form digitally, and just say you want to serve, and we'll get you plugged in for that Sunday, August 16th. Uh, again, thank you for praying. There is no playbook for this. I feel like we've said that a thousand times. I'll say it again. I appreciate your prayers. We appreciate your prayers. This is where we feel like God is leading us right now, and, and we 
love that you are partnering with us in whatever way you are, whether it's giving, whether it's serving, whether it's watching online, discussing with your community group. We thank you for being the church in this time. And I'm excited for this next season of what that will look like. All right. So today, as we are the church again today, we're starting a new series today in Psalm 23. Now, as we look at Psalm 23, even as I say that, many of you are familiar with this psalm. It's one of the most famous psalms, and not even in the Christian world. Some of you will think of Psalm 23 as I walk through the valley of the shadow of death. Coolio, Gangster's Paradise, the song, Dangerous Minds, the movie, whatever way you experience that phrase, you think of Psalm 23. And, and maybe you're here with us and you think of that and you're like, I'm not really a Christian. I'm just kind of checking out this Jesus thing. But you know Psalm 23. And then others of you, you grew up memorizing Psalm 23. My eight-year-old memorized Psalm 23, right? And not just because he's the pastor's kid, but because we listened to it on his way to school every morning. And he just got it in his head. It's six verses, and he got it in his head. And so a lot of us know these verses from a movie, from a song, from the actual Bible. Some of us know them from coffee mugs or, or knitted in blankets. And we know this psalm. And that's a great thing, right? It's a great thing to, to know Scripture, be familiar with it. Here's the danger. Some of us, because we're so familiar with it, it's lost its profound meaning. So here's why I'm excited about this series, is we're going to spend six weeks in six verses of Psalm 23. We're going to take one verse per week to take a laser-sharp focus at each one of these words and all the meaning of these words and the meaning for our lives of Psalm 23 and, and ask God, and my prayer for you is that you would ask God as we start this series to give you fresh eyes for this psalm, to have fresh impact in your life from Psalm 23, all right? So I'm excited to dive in with you today. Dive in with me. Grab your Bible, head to the middle of your Bible, Psalm 23, starting in verse 1. It says this, the Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. Now, we're going to break that down. You're going to see where we're going here. But this verse lays the framework for the whole psalm and for our whole series. And primarily, it's tied to this word, this title, shepherd. And there's a few reasons why that is. You see, King David is the author of Psalm 23. And King David wasn't always a king. He was once a, a shepherd. And so as David says, the Lord is my shepherd, David actually knew in human terms like what a shepherd did, who a shepherd was. He was one, right? And so he knew the job of a shepherd to provide for the sheep, to protect the sheep, to pursue a lost sheep, to, to lead them, to, to guide them. David knew in practical terms what it meant to be a shepherd. So as he gives God the name, the title rather, shepherd, that was very personal to him. Right? He knew what that meant. He knew what he was saying by that. And then secondly, he also knew firsthand what it was like to be led by God like a shepherd. You see, David was a king, but he was not foreign to chaos. But if you know the story of David at all, he literally faced Goliath in his life. Right? He, he lost his best friend. He contributed to and experienced a broken family, adultery, murder. One of his kids tried to kill him. David went through it, all sorts of things. And through all of that, God was a shepherd. He provided for David. 
He protected David. He pursued David toward repentance. Like a shepherd, he pursued, he protected, he provided for David. And so as David says, the Lord is my shepherd, it's not a coffee cup verse for him. Do you see that? It's not just this familiar verse to him and and this trite little saying that made him feel good and, and sleep better at night. No, this was David's life. The Lord was his shepherd. That was his livelihood, the Lord being his shepherd. And so as we zoom in, I want you to even just see this word shepherd has profound meaning, not only for David's life, but it should have that for us. But he doesn't just say shepherd when he refers to God. He says, the Lord is my shepherd. Now, why is that significant? It's just as significant as shepherds. You sometimes, I think we can, again, we can think of shepherd as like kind of this nice, soft shepherd, just kind of guiding us and gentle. But, but David makes it clear, hey, no, it's not just shepherd, it's sovereign Lord. You see, that word Lord in the original language meant the one true God, Yahweh. But it also, again, in a really practical sense, the word Lord in human terms meant landowner. And so we've said this before, that that God as Lord, that title being really significant, He's the owner of the whole universe, right? He created it. He sustains it all. He's the Lord, the owner of it all. And so as David says, the Lord is my shepherd, he's saying, hey, this is sovereign Lord and shepherd. That's who God is to David. That's who God is to you and I. Here's one that lays the framework for this psalm but also for this season that you and I find ourselves in. Many of us, many of you who are watching this, myself included, we have seen during this season of COVID, in five months, six months going on, of quarantine, of job loss, of economic struggle, of tension relationally, racially, all of these sorts of things that you and I have all experienced in this season, here's what we've all realized, Christian or not. We are not Lord, (laughs) right? We're not in control. We don't own the whole universe. Listen, for all the technological advancements, for all the the medical equipment, for all the books people have read, for all the, the geniuses we have, scientists that we have in our world, for, for all of Oprah's great ideas and giving people schools and all those sorts of initiatives, we're still five and a half months, whatever it is, stuck in the same place with COVID-19. Many of us are still stuck in the, the same place with racial tensions. Many of us are still stuck in the same place with, with conflict and, and, and our jobs and all these other things that we just can't seem to figure it out. And specifically with COVID and the pandemic, nobody can, no matter how brilliant they are. You see, we've realized in this season that none of us are Lord. None of us are in control. I've realized this, uh, like many of you, but I realized it in a more heavy way, in a deeper way a couple weeks ago. A couple weeks ago, we, as I told you before, we were planning on doing the whole rollout of in-person gatherings and live stream and everything like that mid-July, and that plan was crushed. Not only just church-wise for me, but my kids were supposed to go to school at a certain date in August. We got a notice saying that date's been pushed back to be determined. Then we got another notice to say that date is October 2nd. 
and I have my littlest as a five-year-old who's about to start kindergarten on a screen. And as a dad, I'm wondering, what is that going to do to a kindergartner and her development, right? And, and I'm, I'm wondering all these things about our church and my kids' school and just life in general. And to be honest, I'm just kind of frustrated and a little bit sad. And as I thought about it more, I was sad because I thought, God, why aren't you cooperating? <laughs> I mean, I got these plans for my kids. I got these plans for my church, for my life. And you're not cooperating. I'm having to alter some things. Now, by God's grace, that weekend, my family and I, we went to Prescott, Arizona. And we were laying out, picture this, we're laying out, if you've ever been to Prescott, in in the the courtyard, the the middle of the city, uh, around the courthouse, and we're laying in the grass because we're in Prescott, not Phoenix. Right? And it's not 115 degrees there. So we're able to lay in the grass and we're just looking up at the sky and the trees, these massive pine trees, and we're just looking up at those things. And I just remember thinking as I saw these trees and saw this massive sky, God, you created all of this. Like you created these massive pine trees. You created this sky and you have sustained it amidst a lot of crisis. And you did all of that. You created it all, and you knew it all before the name Prescott or Prescott, however you pronounce it, came to be, right? God, you did all of this. You were the sovereign Lord, the shepherd over all of creation, and you were that over my life in Phoenix Bible Church and my kids. And you're not my little buddy that's there to cooperate with my plans. Your sovereign Lord, your shepherd. And that just hit me in that moment. And that, that helped me in that moment to realize, okay, am I trusting in myself, thinking falsely that I'm the sovereign Lord when we all know that's not the case? Or am I trusting in the true sovereign Lord and shepherd, God Almighty? And so I would just ask you that as we're going through this season of COVID, whatever plans of yours have been changed, have you thought, maybe not said, but have you thought at any point, God, why aren't you cooperating with my plans for my job, for my kids, for their school, for my family, for my parties, for my wedding? Come on. Why aren't you cooperating, God, like you're supposed to be my little buddy, like you're supposed to just cooperate? I'm the sovereign Lord. Again, we won't say this, but functionally, have you lived this? I'm the sovereign Lord. I make the plans. And God, why haven't you cooperated? Listen, I think a lot of our frustration, a lot of even our sadness, and some of that is totally reasonable, but some of that is sinful, that we have placed ourselves in the place of the Lord, and the shepherd. And so have you done that? How can you, in this moment, begin to surrender that to the true sovereign Lord and creator and shepherd in your life? And, And how can you do that personally, that he's your shepherd? That's the next thing I want you to see is that notice, David doesn't say the Lord is the shepherd. What does he say? The Lord's my shepherd. The Lord is my, he's my sovereign Lord. He's my shepherd. He's overseeing my 
plans. Like it's personal. God has my plans in his order, in his, uh, in his grip. It's a personal thing for David. The Lord is, is my shepherd. Do you see God that way? Do you approach him that way personally? Do you just know some objective facts about God? Again, you could quote, like, the Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. He makes me lie down. Like, you could quote those things as objective facts, but personally, you don't live that way. You're not surrendering practically all of these decisions, all of your plans, all of your crisis, all of your anxiety, all of your fear to your sovereign Lord. Like, it's personal for you. And listen, I know some of you are more spiritual than I am, uh, but I have to do that daily. Like some of you, you wake out out of bed and you're like, the Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. You sing a song about it, but I need that daily. I have to remind myself and get in rhythms where I remember, okay, okay, I'm not Lord, God is. I'm not the shepherd, I'm the sheep. I need a daily reminder. I need a daily reminder, it's for me, it's personal. My guess is you need that as well, right? So are you daily submitting everything to God, particularly in this season? He's your shepherd. Are you submitting your plans, your job, your kids, your crisis, your anxiety? Are you submitting that, surrendering that to God as your sovereign Lord and your shepherd? Next thing I want you to see is that the Lord is my shepherd, therefore I shall not want. Depending on your translation, we use ESV. It says, I shall not want. Other translations say it like this. I lack nothing. I have all that I need. I will never be in need. We see in Isaiah 40, 11, an example of this. It says this, Isaiah 40, 11, it says, He, that's God, will tend his flock like a shepherd. He will gather the lambs in his arms. He will carry them. We have a picture in Isaiah 40, 11, what it looks like when we have everything taken care of. God, picture God, your sovereign Lord, your sovereign, like in your situation, your sovereign Lord and your shepherd, he's gathered you up and he's carrying you so that you don't have any need. Now listen, as we look at those other translations of like, I don't have any need, I'm lacking in nothing, you need to know this is a declaration, but it's also a decision. And it's not a decision to ignore what you need or what you lack or what you want. It's not a decision to ignore those things, it's a decision to invite God into those things. See, here's the reality is many of us, we have wants and we have needs and we have lack. And as you see, I shall not want, I lack nothing, I have all that I need, I will never be in need. You're like, well, Tim, that may be true for some super spiritual people out there or for pastors like you, but, but like I have wants and I have needs and I have lack. And the, see, what David is saying is not just to ignore those things, he's saying, Invite God into those things. Make a decision to say, hey, I'm going to look for my wants, needs, and lack to be filled completely by God as my sovereign Lord and my sovereign shepherd. Because here's what we do, is we go outside of God and we look down every every other avenue for our, our lack, for our want, for our need to be filled. 
I remember uh, for me just a few years ago, uh, working before this, working for a mega church. And it was just uh, about a year that I worked there. But I remember just going to this really big, successful church and just feeling, again, I would have never really said this, but feeling all the time like, man, I got to fit in. I got to prove myself. I got to show that I have what it takes to be successful in ministry and like be a great preacher and a great leader. And I got to show all these people, this is a big church and it's highly successful. And like, I I don't know if I'm capable to to do all these things. And and I always felt like I was climbing the ladder. And listen, some of you are thinking, Tim, you feel that as a pastor in church? That's weird. (laughs) And listen, I'm a pastor, but I'm a person. So yes, I felt some of those tendencies, right? And I I was a little insecure and I was always garnering for approval and affirmation and promotion and wanting to look good and even doing silly things. Like a lot of people, I was in the Northwest and a lot of people wore boots. And so I went and got myself some boots and I don't like boots, but I liked affirmation and I liked approval and I was chasing that, right? Now here's what happened. About a year, a little over a year into this, I finally got the notoriety. I finally got the achievement in that world that I wanted. I finally was able to, to preach and lead people and be a lead pastor and, and have my own church in this mega church structure. Right? Three months into that process, our church got cut from the mega church's budget. <laughs> I got laid off had to lay my staff off, and everything that I've been scratching and crawling to achieve, to fill my lack, it literally dissolved. Eventually, the whole church literally dissolved. Now, your job and your promotion, your approval, the likes that you are checking your phone obsessively to see on that latest post, the followers that you're looking for on social media, the person that you're looking for, hey, if they would just like me, if they would just encourage me, if they would just affirm me, then my lack, my want, my need would be fulfilled. Like if I could just get that job, if I could just get that that family, if I could just get that 401k, if I could just get whatever is next, if I could just get that, that sex or that substance, if I could just get that pleasure, if I could just get that thing, it would fill my want and fill my need and fill my lack. And the reality is all of us do that. And if it hasn't happened to you yet, that thing that you're looking for to fill your lack, your want, your need, it will dissolve. And maybe not like the organization, the church I was a part of literally dissolved, but it will dissolve at some point. That money will literally dissolve over time, right? That sex will will dissolve over time. The pleasure that you think you're going to get from that, the fulfillment that you think you're going to receive from that, it'll go away, it'll fade. And you know this because many of us have chased after those things and we've come up still with lack, still with want. And we're saying as we read, the Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. Tim, I still got some want. I can't say that. And listen, that's why it's a decision. It's a declaration to say, God, you are my shepherd. You are my sovereign Lord. I want to fill up the lacking, the want, the need that I do have in my very soul for affirmation, for approval, for success. I want to fill up that, not in these other things that will dissolve, but I want to fill it up in you. And I want to declare that. And listen, 
All of us, again, in this particular season, all of us would do well to declare, God, I have some lack. We all have it, especially right now. I have some lack, but I shall not want. I won't want in these other areas of my life that will fail me. I'm going to want completely, solely in you. I'm going to surrender the promotion that I want, the approval that I want, that I want, in you. I'm going to trust that the approval that I am so aggressively and desperately seeking, I already have in Christ. And I can say, like David said, the Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. And I could even proclaim that not just to God, but to other people. And they may look at me and be like, you shall not want. Don't you want to get back to normal? Don't you want your job to be okay? Don't you want your 401k? Don't you want our economy to come back? Don't you want this virus to go away? Don't you want to see people and not wear a mask? And you say, I want all those things. I have lack just like you do, but I'm finding contentment and confidence in my sovereign Lord and my creator that he is enough, that he fills my lack, that I have a God-sized hole and none of those things are large enough to fit it. That's what the psalmist is calling us to. That's why we're taking a laser sharp look at this. Some of you have seen this verse on coffee mugs and you've drank out of it. You sang songs about it, but you never come to the point where you said, hey, am I acting like the sheep or the shepherd? Am I treating God like my little buddy to cooperate with my plans and I get frustrated when he doesn't? Am I going to God for my wants, my needs, and my lack, or am I going to other things? Some of us haven't really dealt with that with Psalm 23, and this series is an opportunity to deal with that. Listen, here's what you're going to see, church. If we get this, if we get that the Lord is our shepherd, and we go to Him for our wants and our lack and our needs, if we get that, it will not only frame up this passage, this psalm, but it will frame up this season. Because we're going to see as we get that the Lord is our shepherd, that he does provide for us. He does give us peace. He does give us permanence. At the end of this, we see that we shall dwell in the house of the Lord forever. He does give us his presence. He's with us. We're going to see all those things. We're going to get to it. I don't want to spoil it for you right now. But if we frame this up with God being our shepherd and surrender personally to him in that way, we'll receive all those other things as well. All those other things will make sense as well. But it starts with the Lord being your shepherd, my shepherd, going to him for your want and your lack and your need. Now, some of you, as you think about that, that's scary to you. Some of you, hey, you're looking around in the world that we live in and you're like, Tim, I'm going to give up everything to the one that's in charge of this whole thing the one who's let COVID slide into our society, into our world. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to give up my plans and my job and my, my kids to the God who's overseeing and sustaining the, unit, the crazy universe, racial tension-filled COVID-19 universe. I'm going to get, Tim, that's scary. Why would I? I'm looking around. I don't have a lot of confidence. How could I give up my control? How could I just be the sheep and let him be the shepherd? How can I do that? Here's how you can do that. You ready? John 10, verse 11, Jesus says this, I am the good shepherd. The good shepherd lays down his life for the sheep. 
How can you cede control over to God? How can you give him your plans? How can you give him your lack? Because he's good, inherently good. And even beyond circumstance, he's good. And he's redeeming this in ways you and I can't know and don't know now. And you trust him. You trust that he, he's good because we're not, right? And you trust him not just because he says he's good, but because he shows he's good. He laid down his life for the sheep. He's good. Let me just tell you, he's good. You can trust him. So here's just a couple ways. I want you to trust him as your shepherd this week and going forward. First thing is this. I want you to join us each week for each verse. I want you to catch it online. Again, join us in person on August 16th or make sure you watch the live stream. I want you to join us for each week and each verse to be reminded of your good shepherd. Second, I want you to dialogue with community. Every single week on phoenixbiblechurch.com slash live, we have discussion questions for your community group. If you're not in one of those, click one of those buttons below that and get in one. Uh, For your household, for your friends that you call over FaceTime, whatever the case may be, we want you to dialogue with this. Again, we don't want just this to be a cute uh, sermon series with cute graphics and cute words that that we like to think about. We want you to dialogue and let this sink into your heart and then filter down to your hands. Last thing, I want you to commit this psalm to memory. It's six verses. We're going to spend six weeks on it. You can memorize this. Again, we need daily reminders of these truths, not just a one-off sermon where you decide to surrender everything to your sovereign Lord and shepherd. We need that daily. Memorize this passage. Do that with me. And let's trust that the Lord is our good shepherd, and we shall not want as we trust in him. Let's pray together. Father in heaven, I thank you for this series. God, I thank you for this psalm. God, I thank you that you are Lord over all and you are our personal shepherd if we've trusted in you. And God, that that fills every lack that we have. And God, I pray that we would begin to trust you for that. That this series, this six weeks, would be a process of us giving up control that we don't have anyway completely to you. And that we would see, as you showed us through the cross, as you gave up your life for us, as you showed us through the power of the resurrection, we would see in our own experience that you are a good shepherd. Father, help us. It's in the name of Jesus we pray. Amen.